And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Yesterday, I hope you heard uh, my interview with John Bursch. Uh, he has an excellent book called Loving God's Children. It looks at the church and gender ideology. And uh, I found John was compassionate, earnest, uh, winsome. His grip on the issues was firm. His study, his faith uh, were seamlessly integrated. He made good use of various bishops' pastorals on gender ideology. I'll tell you, I, that, I didn't expect that. After all, most Catholics don't and won't read magisterial documents, even from the Pope, never mind the Archbishop of St. Louis or Oklahoma City. But John did read them. Uh, as an accomplished lawyer, he could masterfully carry on a discussion debate with a trans-affirming opponent, but he'd also be good talking uh, with parents about an adolescent who identifies as transgendered. Now, I'm talking here about sane parents. I'm not talking about the mother who boasted that her four-year-old was trans. She's like the person who tells you that her cat is a vegan. Everyone knows who's making the decision. It's not the kid and it's not the cat. So I believe John would excel in lecture, in debate, discussion, advice-giving, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the Lord uses him on this issue. But after the interview, um, I went home and rewatched the 30 for 30, ESPN 30 for 30 documentary titled Renee. I've mentioned this in the past, but Renee refers to the transsexual Renee Richards, formerly Richard Raskin, born 1934, star athlete, scouted by the Yankees, um, a dashing Yale alpha male. According to a former college sweetheart, he was a great makeout artist. Now, for the uninitiated, that means he was a great kisser and more in the backseat of his daddy's Chevy. Uh, I bet I haven't heard the phrase makeout artist since I was 13 or 14, but Richard Raskin was one. And by the way, I, I'd say through this commentary, I'm going to refer to Richard Raskin as he and Renee Richards as she, because in a commentary, juggling the pronouns confuses listeners. Um, but So there's no there's purely linguistic uh, etiquette that I'm using here to make sure things are heard properly. But Richard, after being raised by an eccentric, domineering mother, very strange woman, after 40 years of inner torment, Richard undergoes sex assignment surgery, leaves his son, went to California, undertook professional tennis. Richard had been reborn as Renee and fought to enter the 1977 U.S. Open as the first transgender tennis player. Yeah, controversy followed. Competitors complained about unfair advantages. You know, she was 6'2", 6'1", a size 12 shoe, broad shoulders, male musculature, and she refused to take a chromosomal test. And listen to this. She claimed that it couldn't tell the truth about her femininity. Her biology, she insisted, had no necessary link to her gender. And so she went to court. And in 1977, the New York Supreme Court ruled in her favor. So in that courtroom, in that courtroom, Richards may have had her last satisfying solo victory. Her professional tennis career sputtered along for a few years. She found status only as a doubles partner. And while ESPN documents the sports contra- controversy, it also very nicely and simultaneously chronicles a grim, bumpy life of conflict and contradiction. 
there's a loss of a thriving eye surgery practice on Madison Avenue. There's divorce. There's abandonment of a son who had a testosterone-rich father on a Monday and an estrogen-laced mom on a Tuesday. Without any awareness of the irony, she laments, I never had the same kind of love that Richard had for women. So something got lost. Something got lost. Get a chance, watch ESPN's 30 for 30's profile of Renee. I I find it fascinating. Uh, One might think that today she would be basking in glory. I mean, puberty blockers and transsexual are words that have now entered the common vocabulary. But she's not. She's baffled by today's adolescents who proudly identify as trans. Her surgery, she insists, was not a choice. It was not cool. It was a compulsion. I couldn't not do it, she said. However hard I tried, I could not control the force that drove me. You know, today's trans social contagion, you know, to be cool, is absolutely alien to her experience. She doesn't see herself as the grand crusader or pioneer. In fact, she seems beaten down by many of her uh, personal choices over the years. She's written at least two books, and one of them, No Way Renee, has a telling chapter. It's called Was It a Mistake? And while she doesn't say she regrets the surgery, uh, again, it was a matter of compulsion, she does list a ream of regrets that followed the surgery. Uh, Regrets include violation of her Jewish faith, include abortion, not marrying the one woman who might have changed his future, And plenty more. Um, And this reminds me, this is a story, again, which you don't, it it has been written about in the past, but it's not, it does not part of the conversation regarding transgenderism today. Nor is the story of David Reimer. David was the subject of the BBC documentary, Dr. John Money and the Boy with No Penis. And then John uh, Calopinto's book, As Nature Made Him, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Girl. Uh, Renee Richards' story and David Reimer's story are very different, but they're ignored by transgender advocates. For them, that is the advocates, Renee might serve as a distant, silent icon, but they don't show her melancholy, they don't show her wounded humanity, and they may remember John Money as an academic pioneer in gender studies and sexology, but his work didn't produce happy endings. John Money doesn't give the transgender activists heartwarming stories, you know, stories of isolated gender dysphoric adolescents who go under the knife and emerge from the surgical gauze like a butterfly from the chrysalis flying off to freedom. Money doesn't give them narratives of emancipation and self-invention. And yet, Renee and Money do illustrate our thesis Their stories are not heroic stories of self-discovery. Their stories are stories of desperate males. One submits to a compulsion that destroys his family, his medical practice, his professional reputation, and his capacity for romance. The other is the story of a disfigured boy, eagerly exploited by an ambitious academic who needed a human lab rat to demonstrate his pet theory that gender was completely malleable. You know, while while John Money was accumulating 65 professional honors, awards, and degrees, his theories were leading to suicide and despair. 
Victor Hugo, you know, who wrote Les Miserables, also wrote that one can resist the invasion of armies, but one can't resist the invasion of ideas. True. We can, however, tell stories that demonstrate that some ideas don't lead to abundant life or human flourishing. Or in Rene's words, something got lost. Something got lost. She told People Magazine, better to be an intact man functioning with 100% capacity uh, than to be a transsexual woman who is an imperfect woman. In the same interview, she wished for something that could have prevented the surgery. Quote, what I said was if there were a drug, some voodoo, any kind of mind-altering magic remedy to keep the man intact, that would have been preferable. But there wasn't. And then, as I said, she lists her regrets. Listen to them. They're shockingly honest. I regret that circumstances turned me into a transsexual, whether through nature or nurture. I regret that I posed such a threat to my sister that she contributed to my condition. I regret that I developed the urge to start dressing as a girl and fantasizing about being one. I regret that I couldn't fight off the urge. I regret that I did not have the courage to go against family pressure and make a life for myself in athletics. It might have saved me. I regret that I did not reach my full potential in medicine. The psychic energy I might have put into medical research was spent coping with my personal problems. I didn't say earlier, but uh, he, he was a star. He, he was a star in everything that he did, uh, the academic world and also the athletic world. Uh, who knows what he could have achieved athletically or what he could have achieved in terms of uh, research. I regret that I loved women, not men. I've been in love three times, each time with a woman. As Renee, I have never loved a man in the way Richard loved those three women. I regret most deeply that one of those women had an abortion because I let my psychoanalyst talk me into allowing it. I might have succeeded as a man with this beloved woman, if not for that abortion. I regret what I did to my son. His pain was immeasurable, and he still suffers from the loss of his father as he knew him. The confusion and shame I put him through have been awful, and he'll carry those scars for a lifetime. I regret on religious grounds. I am a Jew. The Torah forbids the sorts of things I have done. I carry that guilt. Finally, I regret being a facsimile. I think I'm a pretty good one, but I will never be more than a fax, a woman with a Y chromosome, no ovaries, no uterus, no capacity to bear children. I can only add that I did the best I could. And I regret that all the public, this is my regret now, <laughs> sorry, let me switch from Renee's regrets to my regret. And I regret that all the public chatter about transgenderism ignores the kind of brutal honesty that Renee Richards has brought to the discussion. I don't know why she seems to be consistently ignored. It's true that she doesn't want to be part of the pack. She doesn't want to be called upon for advice. But her story is a public story. She made it a public story, and it's there to be properly used, which is what I'm trying to do. I mean, she speaks not from some idealized ideology of, you know, transgenderism. 
She speaks from her lived experience. No matter where you stand in this transgender issue, we should listen to the experience of Renee Richards. That up-close experience uh, really gives you pause for thought. Uh, no matter where you stand. And I think, of course, uh, as a Catholic, that her story illustrates that if you go the way of the Lord, you will flourish. And if you rebel against the way of the Lord, something gets lost. I'm Al Cresto.